Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by us, theringer.com. Dot com, dot com, dot com. You and I, Tate, uh, I wrote an article on The Ringer about Virginia. Did you hear about this? Did you see mm. this? Did you hear about mm. this? Virginia losing to UMBC. Um, because I was, I missed the window to write about this. <laughs> you were supposed uh, to write when it happened, yeah. but now you've played it out. You strung it most, out. Uh, people are waiting. Listen, They're most, pe- pins and needles. most people try to be first. I didn't want to be first. I knew everyone was going to have, I knew everyone was going to have the, uh, oh shit, do you guys see this upset take? Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of a more nuanced take. So I tried to like break down um, what what this means in terms of like what the legacy of this game will be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, moving on in time. Like, is it that big of a deal that Virginia lost? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. Answer, spoiler alert. The answer mm-hmm. is yes. Um, yeah, just kind of kind of big picture, kind of the uh, 30,000 foot view, as we call it in the industry. So uh, I wrote that on The Ringer. You can check that out. You can also check out the Ringer Podcast Network, Tate, where yep. we have various podcasts. Would you like to tell the people some of them? Yeah. Bill Simmons Podcast, Monday. Mm, interesting. It'll come out tomorrow. And then rest of the week, GM Street um, will be coming out later in the what week. What are we talking about on GM Street? I have no idea. You don't even know. No. It's great. That's we, the whole point of podcasting. You've, well, <laughs> you figure it out on the fly and you see what happens. I have no idea what I'm going to say right now on this podcast I as have, I sit here. I have a very good idea of what we're going to talk about. Um, your alma mater lost. I don't know if you noticed. Mm. Uh, North Carolina was a two seed. They lost to Texas A&M. I have a feeling that might come up on the podcast. We'll talk about all the other games. Tough day for the uh, city of Cincinnati. Um, a lot of Xavier fans had some tweets ready, sending them out as you see, choked away a 22-point lead. Immediately deleted all those tweets uh, <laughs> as as Xavier choked away their own lead. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna dive into all the games, most of the games, probably not all the games, maybe all the games. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We'll talk about what stood out to us uh, in day four. The Sweet Sixteen is set. We have sixteen teams left vying for a national championship. Tate and I, we're gonna do our best to touch on all of it. But first, Woody Durham. All right, day four in the books. The Sweet 16 is set. Tate and I, our, our marathon, our four-day marathon. Uh, how we feel? How are you feeling? Beyond, irregardless, irregardless. Mm. Shout out mm. to all the grammar people out there that are going to blow me up for saying irregardless. Uh, regardless of, of you know the the North Carolina situation, which we'll get to. Other than that, how are, how are you feeling? Just overall, in in four days of sitting on our ass watching basketball. You were concerned about putting on weight. This always seems to be a problem with Tate. He he packs on the pounds. You said this before the tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said every year I, I get very lazy. I do not eat well. Um, so how is your body holding up? Are you are you a Michael Porter one hundred percent? Are you a Kyle guy eighty percent of? Are you one hundred percent of eighty percent? I'm a hundred percent out on this tournament <laughs> as I sit here right now. I've spent four days putting in the work doing all I can do, trying to research all these matchups, spend an entire season watching all these games, scouting all these teams, and then the tournament field comes out, we get the bracket, and I'm saying to myself, I can't wait for all these good matchups that we're going to have in this tournament. I can't wait to see, you know, Arizona play Kentucky in the second round. What a great draw for us. What a great game for us. I can't wait to see what happens in the South region. You know, you got this Cincinnati rock fight team, but then you got the Virginia version of Cincinnati. That's like its own version of of a terrible defensive, you know, setup where people don't want to watch them play. And then you got the blue bloods that are in the bracket. And as we sit here today, 
Only one blue blood survives. Mm-hmm. The top four seeds in the South are all gone. And we have a, just a, a hodgepodge of... I'm not going to say... This is- I'm not going to say this is worst case scenario, but for, for what the tournament usually is, which is the best version of basketball, yeah. the best brand of basketball, we've seen, I would say, a, a, a deviation from the plan, right? from what we'd want to see. Um, and right now I'm just hurt because I, I expected more from this tournament. I expected more from the players on the court. I expected more from the officials. I expected more from the analysts. I expected more from myself. So every, I'm just I'm just shook right now. Every single friend of the program listening to you talk right now is saying, Titus, when Tate shuts up, you better you better roast him for North Carolina losing and saying mm. that's the reason he's out on this tournament. No, so that's not why. I'm gonna go ahead and acknowledge that that Tate, uh, this is very convenient of you to be out on this tournament as soon as North Carolina gets absolutely blown out by Texas AM. But I will back you up on this. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna get to the humiliating part for your alma mater in a second. Um, and I'm not just saying this because Ohio State lost. Again, I was I was very level-headed on this Ohio State NCAA tournament and how everything shook, went down. I was happy with how Ohio State's tournament ended up. It all was fine and well by me. I'm kind of in agreement with you that this tournament is a little underwhelming. And a lot of people are listening saying, how could you possibly say that? We have a 16 over one. We have... We have Loyola winning two close games with the Sister Jean thing. We have Nevada's run has been a lot of fun. We have Michigan's buzzer beater. That's fun. There have been all sorts of moments in this tournament. How can you guys be out on this tournament? I, I, I'll i give you two reasons. It's not the moments that matter. Yeah, it's it's, not, it's the, what, what it means after the moment, which is we have to watch these teams yes, play in the next round. They're, they're, first of all, there's been a lot of bad basketball. Mm-hmm. And the close close games are great. It's great like that we have all these games on and you can kind of flip back and forth. If these games were on individually and and sort of how the Saturday Sunday worked where CBS shows, you know, we we started a game out here is at noon, so I guess or no, it was at 9. nine In the yeah. East it was it was at noon. They show a full game, take a, like a 20 minute break to, for the other teams to warm up and then show another full game. If it was like that, a lot of these games people would be losing their mind having to watch them because we just tune in, we're just like, oh, so the game's a five-point game with five minutes. Let me turn over. You kind of see the end of it, and you're like, that must have been a pretty good game. But if you actually watch these games, the basketball is absolutely horrendous. I mean, UMBC, Kansas State, was one of the worst basketball games I've I've ever seen in my life. And it wasn't like a Virginia or Cincinnati situation where it was like, oh man, this is or or even Syracuse, Michigan State. That was another just absolutely terrible game. But like, at least Syracuse, that was sort of their plan. So like, some small part of me was like, I respect how this is, and we're conditioned to it with yeah. Bayheim and Syracuse. We we expect this to happen. I, I guess Michigan State had no idea they were going to run a zone today. Yeah, that was news. That was news to them. They went yeah. out there and like, what what are these guys doing? Why are they not matching up with us? Um, but just the the overall, if as you're watching these games, it's like. God, the basketball is terrible. The officiating might be even worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the officials just cannot resist calling offensive fouls, whether they're charges, whether they're guys sliding over and and grabbing their nuts and thrusting their hips at guys that are jumping in the air, and then the refs call charges on that. Whether it's just like a a, a ball handler, it just just drives to the basket, and a defender is is knows he's beat by a step, so he just falls over and throws his arms up and looks like a push off. And then, like, they show the replay, and they're like, the defender or the, the offensive guy did lift his arm up. It's like, of course he lifted his arm up. That's how moving works. Mm-hmm. 
you take a step, you kind of move your arms as you as you move. Like that whole replay system, like where you slow down everything. Well, every like, time well, it's, it. a, it's always a chart. The, the officials are always right usually when yeah. they show it for whatever reason. You know, every single time they have what? the, the comment, Grant Hill, great call. Why is it's no? Yeah, why is no commenter like this is all bullshit? What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, but like every single fan feels that way. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. which team you're on. I mean, the, the Xavier Florida State game was just. Complete debauchery, the debauchery, debauchery of of just flopping and charge calls at the end of that. I mean, JP Sleeves fouls out the final game of the year on a shitty charge call, um, which almost felt fitting it did, at did. the time, you know, because Chris Mack loses his mind and JP goes out. And yeah, but we should say JP. We thought we said he we had him as a crying candidate. We thought that he would go out in this game, completely alienate himself from the team, sit on the bench, put a towel over his head, yep. you know, pull the Cam Newton, not talk to anyone, be upset. Everyone's like, "What's going on here? He's having a bad attitude. He's about to cry." But instead, JP shocks the world. Yeah, is a great teammate. What a dick! Is high fiving everybody. You know, is trying to talk the team up, saying the game's not over. What a dick! <laughs> you want to? We, we can still have a chance, Gee, guys. Yeah. JP, this is not what we. This is not you. Put the sleeves on. Get an attitude. This cop is, an attitude. Do what you got to do. This is not your brand. What are you doing? You're supposed to be wearing the first of all, you didn't wear the sleeves tonight. Mm-hmm. That maybe that's why you lost. Secondly, yeah, you're supposed to be a dick. You're a guy who was talking shit to, to Mick Cronin at the end of that game. That's what we want to see. Mm-hmm. We want you to be the hated guy that's doing the uh dropping F bombs. The Gator Chomp slash Wisconsin Badger Chomp, whatever whatever motion at Wisconsin's fans, you know, that's that's the JP we know and love. And you're out there dapping up teammates and encouraging from the bench. <laughs> he did put the towel over his head. At the end, finally. But we don't know if he cried. Maybe he was just uh Maybe he was bowing his head, and I put that on the cameraman. That's that's not on JP. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of some sort of guy within the NCAA has to know that moment and just walk by and like just pull the towel off his head. That's or, how that has or, to work. Or a teammate, you know. We have to have get in one shiny moment. We should have had some sort of like Truman Show situation where like all we have enough people around the situation that know someone get that towel. Yeah, so, someone <laughs> get the towel. We have a towel over JP. Mm-hmm. We, I repeat, please, please. <laughs> someone go grab that towel. Uh. So there, there was bad officiating. There's sloppy basketball. Mm-hmm. The the end of these games, the I wrong mean, teams keep winning. Yes, Tate says Tate's bracket. Go explain <laughs> explain your your philosophy with with how your, your bracket is a minefield, but well, you don't feel bad about it. Yeah, because I, the whole time I've had the right logic, which is you know today I went into today and I told you this before we started the day. I said two seven upsets. That's the special. That's what you want. Yeah. And we got it last year. We got South Carolina over Duke. They get the Final Four run. I felt like this was the same thing this season where we don't have juggernauts at the top. We have some pretty good teams, but they're all susceptible to something. North Carolina is a team that is susceptible to a front line. They play, I think, the best front line I've ever seen in college basketball <laughs> history. Ever seen. Ever. ever seen. Never seen anything like it. Robert Williams, the third, may be the best power forward in college <laughs> basketball over the past decade at least. I don't know. We can go back and fact check that. Um, but that's, that's that, all that's to say is I go into today and I'm like, Cincinnati, North Carolina, those are two teams you need to be concerned because Texas A&M is a pretty good team. I, I didn't think that Starks was going to have the day he did. Of course, he has an amazing day and plays the best game of his entire life, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati, going to that game, I'm like, Nevada, Nevada. I'll say it for Ooh, you. Nevada. You're coming around. Yeah, like had it. a great you know team, but you know you're still worried that Cincinnati wasn't going to be able to score when they needed to, even though they had a 20 point lead at one point in this game. Yep. Um, so, so I say all that to say seven two special felt like it was there. Texas A&M comes out against North Carolina. They're down eight early. It looks like you know I think you were watching the game at your house before yep, we even we even linked up, and and you say North Carolina's got this one in the bag. I'm just gonna watch the, yeah, the end of I the was, first half. I'm staying uh like three blocks away from Ringer HQ mm-hmm. and Tate I Tate has the keys to the the enterprise here. And I texted him, I said, Tate, let me know when you get to the 
to the Enterprise, and I'll I'll walk over and watch the game. So Tate texts me, says, I'm here. Carolina's up like five or six at this point. Mm-hmm. It sort of felt like they were in control. Um, I was waiting for a timeout to walk over. I decide, okay, now if I miss however many minutes of this game while I'm walking over, it's not that big of a deal because I'm sure Carolina's just going to kind of extend their lead, go into half, probably up 10 or so. And by the time I make it over, they're down like 10. And I have no idea what happened. And I walk in, I'm like, hey, what happened? I kind of did what Kyle did to me. Yes. <laughs> the and and Kyle did the exact same that he did to you yesterday. He walks in yeah. as Carolina has a six-point lead. And he's like, you know what I would hate what? to do? Be an NFL player. Those rookie contracts, they suck. Just be an NFL player right now. And he's talking about all these other things and, and bringing up how great St. Patrick's Day was. He has like 14 different tangents going on. Meanwhile... Texas A&M continues to score every yeah. single time. North Carolina, they, yeah. they can't beat a zone. This is the the shocking revelation of this whole tournament is that no one knows how to beat a zone. You know, Michigan State included today. North Carolina, Texas A&M puts a zone on them. They, they have no idea what to do. Joel Berry is shocked by the idea of a zone, even though they've carved up Syracuse every single time they've played them this year. Um, they beat Duke in the, the ACC yeah, tournament. They, just the fact that Duke runs a zone should let That's you know That's why I'm telling you it's a Duke year. Yeah. No one can beat a zone. That's what I I think I tweeted that during the the Texas A&M game as I just watched Syracuse beat Michigan State because Michigan State again, as you said, looked like they had no idea how to how to beat a zone. It's mostly because mid range is dead. Mm-hmm. The mid the way to beat a zone is the the um, high post. We know that and the short corners. That this is this is elementary stuff. We everyone knows how to beat a zone. It's that unless you have a guy that can like make a play in those spots, you're screwed. And no one practices that anymore. You know what they practice? They practice threes, Tate. They practice dunks because that's what that's what is cool. That's what these kids think is cool, Tate. You mm-hmm. know what's cool in my day? Fundamentals. Winning basketball games. <laughs> um, but no, that, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think that, that's, that's still pretty that's cool. Still pretty cool. That's still uh, but cool. nobody, yeah, I, I that's swear. That's the whole point of this tournament. I swear nobody knows how to. <laughs> this tournament is ruining college basketball and basketball as a whole. It really is. Because the, the basketball is sloppy. The, the officiating is bad. Um mm. And then the, the other point I want to make is that I swear the last like two minutes of every one of these games takes at least 45 minutes. The, the refs have no con- – I guess this goes back to the bad officiating. The refs have no confidence in any call they make. Mm-hmm. They blow the whistle. They all look at each other like, what'd you see? Would you? I don't know. I saw something. I don't know what I saw. Should, should we go to the monitor? Let's go, let's yeah, well, go it's go been a watershed monitor. moment too let's because every monitor. single time there's any you know if, and, or but play, they basically, every single player on the court's doing this. The coaches are doing this. Every single manager's yeah. doing yeah. this. Like The people in the crowd are doing well, this. They, the coaches know that they can get a free time out that way. Yes. The ball goes out of so bounds. This is what you do. You just call your team yeah. over so the refs <laughs> have to go to the monitor. You just, you just come here. Come here, guys. And it's then, so, then it's so obvious how it works. Like, yeah. I noticed it sitting uh, uh, when, when I was sitting in New Orleans when I was at the court side, the, the double header thing. Ohio State, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sitting next to Ohio State bench and a, the ball goes out late in the game when Ohio State's losing to Carolina. Uh, the game is out of hand at this point. And uh, our, our director of operations stands up and goes, Coach Holt, Coach Holt, they can review it. And Holtman turns around and looks at him and goes, wasn't it out on us though? And he goes, yeah, but they can review it. It's a free timeout. And Holt's like, come on, that's bullshit. Like, I'm not going to do that, you know? But like, <laughs> yeah. th- th- that was like the strategy. And then I realized after I saw that happen, I was like, I bet other teams are doing this. And then you see it all the time in these tournaments. That's exactly what they're doing. They know they can get a free timeout. They know, I mean, you could have you could have a guy on your team, you could watch him just punt the ball into the stands. And if it's under two minutes, you can call for a review. And they, I think they legally have to give you a review. Like, you can review anything. There's no shortage of coaches' challenges. That's my understanding, is that any coach can challenge any call under two minutes and it's just a free timeout. It's getting out of hand, Tate. And 
let's just go ahead and put a precursor to when it's really going to get out of hand because there's a Sweet 16 game where under two minutes is going to be a free-for-all of trying to get on the good side of whatever official is making a call. Between mm. Jim Beheim and Coach K Ooh. and the review under two minutes, there's going to be something going on in that game. It's going to be like a 57-55 game. <laughs> Jim Beheim, it's going to go off the foot of Brissett or something like that, and Beheim's going to be freaking out, yelling at refs. K's going to be trying to grab him to the side and try yeah. to swoon them over to his corner. Um, I think Beheim so is, more, is more... Um, obvious with his working over of the refs. I feel like Kay's the guy that calls him over and just whispers in the ear and like kind of tells him, I will kill you. I know I when your wife lives. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, what did he say? Bayheim's like throwing his arms up and like kind of yeah. yelling like, what the, what the hell was that? What you did? You know? Mm-hmm. And Kay's just like, come here. Yeah. Kay has something threatening to say and you're like, that was the most chilling moment of yeah. my entire <laughs> life. I hope that I never have to deal with you that see, human again. You see the ref's eyes just light up and <laughs> yeah. the, the blood rushes out of their face. Um, that's how Kay handles it. So uh, should we should we go game by game with this? I mean, we start we start the day. Purdue kind of is in control against Butler. Uh, Matt Painter, Vin, first of all, Vince Edwards gets in foul trouble. Isaac Haas does not play. Isaac Haas really really wants to play. Has the brace has the brace on his on his elbow. The NCAA does not clear it because it's a goddamn cinder block on his elbow. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like a bunch of duct like, tape around You're it. already a weapon, Isaac, and, then, and now you can't they, have this. They announced the uh, they announced the decision and like all the Purdue fans on Twitter are like, how come? Mm-hmm. Explain to me mm-hmm. how Miles Bridges' mom can get $40 worth of steak mm. and Isaac Haas can't play with a cinder block on his elbow. I'll tell you how, goddammit. It's because of corruption. The NCAA only cares about money. And you see like all these these Purdue fans losing their minds on, on Twitter. Um, but as it turns out, yeah, it, Isaac Haas probably couldn't play anyway. He like If you actually watch him warming up, he couldn't even use his arm. Yes, and but yeah. it, but it also worked out perfectly where he was involved and invested in the game. He's like the, they kept calling him and he, the biggest cheerleader you ever seen. And as Isaac Hosh just high five and everyone on the sidelines actually Matt, worked in the favor of Purdue. They seemed looser. Yeah, and, and we were joking about this. This is the whole thing that everyone's doing. Is, does Purdue look better, better without Haas? Harms is now, better now, defensively. Yeah, now that they can go small and, and then, Vince Edwards looks like he's the primary well, option on offense. Now? We got we got our answer when Painter goes with the small lineup and takes Harms out. And it's you know like there've been there've been very few possessions. I forget what the stat was. I think they want to say it was like a hundred possessions all season that I saw someone had had tweeted uh, where Harms or Haas was not on the floor for Purdue all wow. season. Like they play, they basically every single game the combined minutes between Harms and Haas is forty every single game. One comes out, the other comes in. That's kind of how they operate. So Painter has that stretch where he goes small, and Butler comes back and. Everyone's like, what is Painter doing here? What's going on? Um, I think we got our answer. Probably not better without Haas. But um, Harms, I, I like that Harms was like, it felt like this was his announcement to the rest of the country. And I know everybody's watched Purdue. Like, like people that follow college basketball know Purdue. They've watched Harms all year. Um, I don't mean that Purdue is like an irrelevant team all year. It's just that the NCAA tournament comes around. You get a lot of casual fans that are tuning in. This was the only game going on. Harms is making it, I, I believe it was his first start of his career. It had to have been. Mm-hmm. Why would it not be? It definitely um, was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yes. I didn't know that for a fact, but like, I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> There's why would not it not one be? Purdue game that Isaac Haas yeah. has not started yeah. in a long well, why time. Why would it yeah. not be? So uh, Harms' first career. So he's getting more attention than he ever has, and a lot of comments about his hair, a lot of comments about, can we get this man some hair gel? So my question to you, Tate, like if we were to power rank um, the the breakout stars, like the the meme stars, the I don't know how to describe it, like the uh, the the camera hogging type people that like were fun, and then he feels like America is going to turn on them. Um, we have like the guy who ran the UMBC Twitter account, 
I, I don't know how we've already turned on him. Yeah, we've already turned mm-hmm. on. I turned on him the moment he 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 was feeling himself and he tweeted something like, I, I he had a good thing going and then he tweets like, by the way, we kicked Virginia's ass on Twitter tonight too, which was just him like gassing himself up. I was like, come on, gay. What, and, and now we're doing the thing where every single year there's an NCAA champion, but there's only been one 16 seed to yeah, upset yeah, a one seed. Yeah. And everyone's like pat themselves on the back for, for that thought. I didn't mind him gassing up the uh, the team. I didn't mind him, you know, some of the other stuff he was doing. He was talking smack to the people that doubted him. Mm-hmm. That was fun. It was all fun. And then, but then when he was like, by the way, we won on Twitter too, and he started feeling this, I was like, come on, dude. Come on, you're what? What are you, what are you like a twenty year old intern somewhere? <laughs> like, just pump the brakes a little bit. We have that guy. <laughs> we have Sister Jean, who I, I can't imagine anybody possibly turning on her. Um, I'm gonna turn on her. I'm gonna knock on. <laughs> <laughs> With the way this tournament has gone, God did not help me out in this tournament, so I have now turned on Sister. We Jean. have we have the Musselman family, uh, led by the daughter, led by Eric Musselman's daughter. But, but he's I also got his, his he's got his the sons, whole family. Yeah, his son's just come busting in, and also Musselman himself is sort of like becoming a me. Like he's dropping the f bombs after the first game when Nevada beats Texas, and he's in the locker room dropping f bombs, and then he's he's just kind of like a loose cannon in general, and it's all fun. And by and I'm and I should reiterate, all of these things are fun. Everything's fun, but as we all know. There, there becomes an oversaturation point where people are just like, like instantly decide enough's enough. Get this thing out of my face. And it's and, also where do you go from here? Like, what's next? So today, yeah. Musselman he wins the game. He has his whole family come out. They're all celebrating. They're all on camera. They're all they act as if they won the national title. He goes in the locker room. He takes his shirt off. He celebrates with the team. They're popping bottle. They're popping water. They're doing the whole thing. Like, what happens if they get the elite eight? Like, right. what's the next thing? Does he have to go pantless? Like, <laughs> he's he's already done too much. You know, like come um, on, Mus. We also and then and then the the last one I was gonna say is Harms. Harms his hair. I, th- yeah. I think like people were like, oh, it's cool how his hair flows and he kind of fixes it at all times. But I I guarantee by next game if it hasn't already happened already, a lot of people are like, dude, I was I was already here in January with Harms. I don't know what you're talking about. I I understand. That. I'm saying the the consensus if it hasn't already by the time the Texas Tech game's over, America is gonna decide. Okay, enough with the fixing of the hair, Luke Kennard. That's because you know how Luke Kennard is always there. Mm-hmm. Like I feel but like we're Luke gonna get that point. The, Luke did this. He was at his ears. Harms is yeah. the full swoop. No, across. Luke, Luke had the uh, bald thing too. Yeah, he was well, like covering up the cover bald up, spot. Yeah, he was just covering up the bald spot. But he'd always play with it. He'd put it back behind his ears. Harms thinks he's like Uncle Jesse with the yes. flow, and it's just like I'm gonna yes. kind of like he's, yes. like he's it's James a, Dean nineties, very nineties. James D E A N. I should mm-hmm. emphasize mm-hmm. when I'm talking about James Dean. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the the four people who got that are, are yeah they are love like, that yeah that good um <laughs> doors, oh so so ranked rank for me the ones that uh you think America's gonna turn on first I guess the UMBC thing's kind of dead and gone so maybe that one's kind of but but so to recap the UMBC Twitter yes. guy uh sister Jean the Musselman family at large and Matt Harms's hair which one do you is like we're we're dangerously close to overexposure. Well, we turn on people when turn. they lose, right? That's that's how you kind of have to look at it. It's like who's going to be in the loser? Like UMBC. Like the reason rock- we turned on them is because they lost. Right. UMBC <laughs> had won today. Everyone would be like, "Man, I love this Lyles guy. Yeah. Mara's awesome. I really love this team. Ryan Odom's such a great coach. He's done a great job with this team." And now that they're done, everyone's kind of like, "All right, we're done with these guys." I think I think Nevada is going to win their next game, which means they're probably going to lose. Now that I say that, um, so I'm going to give Musselman some more time. I think he's going to go to the lead. I'm going to give him a little bit more room. Sister Jean already put it out there that they're losing in the Sweet 16. She already said this. So what's going to happen is she has now cursed the team. Now, now she's been oh. the number one fan, but now she put like the, this this moment, you know, like where she's like, "We're going to get to this point, and then it's all over." And when that happens, everyone's gonna be like, "Sister Jean, 
Could you not? How could you? Could you not say the elite eight? How could you? Could you not like do a sort of deal? Could you not meet in the middle with God and say, God, I know Final Four is too much for this program, but maybe we can get elite eight out of this. Like, why settle with a Sweet Sixteen? So I think all those comments will come back to bite her at some point. Interesting. And she's doing the thing they asked her about being a star. You know, like you've become a sensation. And she said, I think I've become an international International sensation. Like, if she's Mr. Pitbull or something like that, it's like Sister Jean. You're already over Sister Jean. Yeah, I've already turned on her. That's pretty bad. I'm sorry, Loyola. I'm sorry. I don't think you're apologizing to Loyola. I think you need to apologize to the entire country. Um, <laughs> At large. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with the Musselman family. I think people are going to be out on them. I think uh, that's my prediction. I'm not I'm not saying myself. You, you kind of answer that with yourself, your own little biases. Uh, biases. Biases, biases. Um, you answer that like how you sort of feel. I, I think the Musselman family, I think people are just going to be out on them. Just like the, I mean, the coach, the coach, like it makes a lot of sense, but like, do we need to see the daughter like every, cause like I said, we all know what this is leading to. It'd be one thing if like the camera, the cameramen actually cared about the Musselman family, but they do not. They keep showing the daughter just to set it. They're just building. They're building. They're building every this Nevada win. They're like, this, this is man awesome. Has a family. They're super excited about keep this. Keep it going. Keep it going. They keep climbing. They and then keep as climbing. soon as the and loss happens, they're, the they're just going to zoom right in on the daughter. Yes. And we're, we are going to have the NCAA guy. Like, that's a situation where the daughter puts a towel over the head. The NCAA is coming and ripping the towel <laughs> off. And like, listen, child. You have your good <laughs> you moments. Have, your dad is getting paid a lot of money for us to shove this camera in your face right now and watch you cry. Um, so about the games anyway. Uh, Purdue Purdue takes care of Butler early. Uh, let's let's dive into Texas A and M North Carolina. The people are I, I can't let you off the hook, Tate. You have to let me know what went wrong here. Worst loss of Roy Williams NCAA tournament career. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas A and M is the better team from start to finish, except for the start where North Carolina was winning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Texas A yes. and M, it felt like they had a better team, like at every position. They had like a better player every single position. And you disagreed with me when I said that. Um, which is fine. You can make your case now. Who is your scapegoat on Carolina? Who are you out on? You famously, whenever Carolina does not win a national championship, you famously like to pick one player, mm-hmm. say, I never want to see this man on back on campus again. He's he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> I may be making some of this up. Not, but, the only person I said that about was uh, Marcus Page, and he was a senior and he left. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I will say this about this team. First off, I said on the podcast last night, I said I was very concerned, I was very worried, and I was worried about one man, Robert Williams. And I was right. He was a problem. And it wasn't because of offense, and I think that was, that was the problem with this whole game was I was worried going into this game about these two guys, Tyler Davis and Robert Williams. And then, then I kept telling myself, and this is why I hate Duke so much, because I kept telling myself that, well, you've already beaten Bagley and Carter you know, th- these guys aren't any better than them, so you're going to be fine. But yeah. what I forgot was that Bagley and Carter run a 2-3 zone defense. And they don't actually play defense. <laughs> and, you know, I was worried about Bagley and Carter on offense, and I forgot that they don't play defense. And I remember that Robert Williams and Tyler Davis, defense. They, they, both, they play both play defense. And not only do they play defense, they pride themselves on defense. And all they wanted to do was block shots today. Yeah. And it was a block party in Charlotte. And... This this whole little subsection of the tournament in Charlotte, there's something in the water down there. It's just mm-hmm. upset city. And we get Virginia, UMBC down there. We get Texas A&M, North Carolina today. And Robert Williams and Tyler Davis. Robert Williams, when he blocked Brandon Robinson driving to the rim, I mean, granted, his hand did go into the basket. You know, some officials that probably didn't work mm-hmm. in the Pac-12 and have seen real basketball may have, you know, called goaltending, but not these and guys. That would have changed the margin that, that to like changed, 22. That would have changed the momentum at this point. This is, at this point, Carolina's still up. Okay. Uh, four okay. in the game, I think. So that yeah. was a big that was a big moment. Um, I'm just kidding, folks. I know it was a blowout. <laughs> um, but Robert Williams and Tyler Davis were unstoppable. And then DJ Hogue, this guy, 
I mean, this guy, really? I'm going into this game, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't have to worry about him. He's not going to yeah. hit shots today. This is not what this guy does. You know, I'm not worried about Starks. This isn't the 90s Knicks. I'm not worried about this guy named Starks. He's not going to do anything to us to hurt anyone. And they play one of the most complete games I've ever seen. I don't think Billy Kennedy said a word to his team the entire time. He was just no. standing over there in shock. He was like, I can't believe this is working out so well. <laughs> Roy forgets... One, he has timeouts. Eh. Two, uh, Andrew Playtex on the bench, and maybe we can put him out there to just try something. Just just throw him out there and say, hey, Andrew, do something. Go press. Try to hurt somebody. Like Do whatever you got to do. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. When you've reached the point where you're like, we need Andrew Playtech to come in and that's save what the I'm day. saying. This game that's, was a blowout. That's kind of a problem. Texas A&M blew out North Carolina today. I I've, I felt bad did, for Theo. Did Carolina Pinson at least cover, Bay. though? No, they did not because oh. they lost by a lot. Um, yeah, but I, I assume I, the line was like, what, A&M minus 20 or... Yeah, I think it was A and M minus twenty two. That's what it was. It was a one sixteen game. Um, yeah, it was a. It was a. I I still can't believe it happened. I think Roy was shocked that it happened. Joel and Theo were obviously start shocked that it happened. But it was the same thing as Virginia. They got down and they yeah. started looking around and they were like, okay, so we're five for thirty from three. Let's just keep jacking and yeah, see what if, happens. Yeah, if we make this one though, it'll probably. I'm sure this, they'll this give will us, get us back in the game. Yeah, if we, this, if this we hit this three from 35 feet, this will go in. Yeah. And then, then the thing will start rolling. And uh, they started pressing, and it was got to make shots. Got to make shots. You miss shots. I'm taking Texas A&M though. I, I believed in an SEC team that was a seven seed was going to make a run to the Final Four. I famously believed it was going to be Arkansas. I was famously wrong that it was not Arkansas. <laughs> they lost in the first round to Butler. And I think Texas A&M is legit. I thought it was going to be guard play that takes a team to the finals. But in this tournament, I think guarding the rim no, and protection is a big deal. Texas A&M, uh, I, I said early in the year when, when they were kind of rolling, uh, they had problems with suspensions, problems with injuries. Um, they, they had the stretch where they were like pretty much the start of SEC play. I forget what, the, what they started, like 0-5 or something. might have even been worse than that. Yeah. Uh, but, but they hit a rough patch. But at the start of the year, I, I remember saying like they have – the best front court in the country and if not the best front court maybe like Michigan State's better than them maybe Duke's better than them you could argue but the but the point is like they have an unbelievable front court and I I wonder like how far can that take them and then you know they, they kind of struggle in the SEC and you're like okay well maybe then you just kind of cast the A&M off so uh I'm not gonna pretend like I saw this coming in any way shape or form that Texas A&M was gonna get this hot but they did show in the non-conference schedule that they were capable of doing this i mean those those three guys that you said davis and williams and hogue they're incredible they're three i mean when you when you're starting a small forward who's like six nine and can shoot threes and you know and you got two shot blocking defensive you got williams doing windmills in every single game he's played in mm-hmm. in the Cincinnati it's, tournament it's the exact same windmill it's crazy and it's, it's, his, his face is at the rim i was upset that he was cherry picking at the time i've i, I was you yell- respected now yeah I, I was yelling at him i was very upset i, I just he can't was believe so shook by this he, he yeah. calls his, he calls his parents and and i watched you know it was such a sad phone call watching you talk to your <laughs> you're like dad dad <laughs> none of this happened dad <laughs> They said, Dad, they said we can't play anymore. And he's like, son, it's just part of growing up. You know, these things happen. Some Sometimes sometimes you just don't always win. You're like, but think- Dad, we, we got to play in the championship last year and the year before. They're going to have a Sweet 16 without us, Dad. It was really funny. It was cute. It was kind of cute, though, how Tate kind of had his first moment of <laughs> he just he just said, "Remember who the champs are," and then I I thought to myself, "Oh yeah, that's right, 2017 champs." That was my that was I think the best impression I've ever tried to do. Yeah, you're, you're the king of the impressions on this that was podcast. Good. So I, I liked wanna, it. I that was good. Get a, get a chance of you. So, uh, Carolina, 
No trophies to show this year. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of disappointment, a lot of heart. But you did, you did beat Duke twice, though. You beat Duke yep. two out of three times. However, yep. do I need to remind the friends of the program mm-hmm. that Tate going into the ACC tournament game against Duke? You said on this podcast to the rubber Tate, match. Yes, into the rubber match. You said. So I will say this, and then I'll put I'll put everything on the table right now. If I had to choose right now, North Carolina beats Duke in this game. Yep, and that leads. To Duke, then going on to win the national championship. Yes, I will still beat Duke today. You want to beat Duke, even so if it that's means, how badly I want to beat Duke. Even if it means Duke, what, once how, I realize it's been twenty years, what if Duke beats North Carolina, and then Duke goes on to win the national championship? Then I quit. How about that then, I, then I quit this podcast. <laughs> You Write that do down, that. Kyle. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie you to the chair. Just nope. stick a microphone in your face. I'm, and I'm out. We're I'm out, baby. You. Do you take those words back now that now that it's looking like Duke is going to win the national championship because this tournament has become an absolute cluster of of Loyolas and Nevadas and and what have yous. And on top of that, it's become a two three zone tournament. And on top of that, Duke is probably the most talented team. I anyway. feel like Sister Jean. Like I cashed a bad check. You know, I, I said last year as North Carolina was making their redemption run, one of the greatest runs in college basketball history, back to the national title after what happened to Chris Jenkins. I, I kept I kept saying to to a higher power, if you just give me this, <laughs> I don't care what happens in the future. If I just get this, yeah. I don't care. I don't care if we don't go back to the tournament for the next ten years. I don't care if this is the last time I ever see a national title. This is what I'm saying to myself as it's mm-hmm. happening. As Oregon is, as Jordan Bell can't get a rebound. As every single thing was happening last year, I was saying all this. And then when I got done, I was looking back and I was like, "That was a lot for you to say." Yeah. I hope that nobody actually heard that. And and it sort of thing happened on the podcast. Unfortunately, there's a microphone in my face half the time of my life. And and that was one of those things where I'm just cashing the checks for the future and I'm saying these things because we had to beat Duke in that game. It had to happen. It had to happen. And now as I sit here and we're out of the tournament and it's 2018, I hate the past version of myself. I hate what I've said. I don't agree with anything I've said in the past. Um, I hate who I was. I hate who I was. I hate who I am. And I hope that I'll be better in the future. And right now, as I sit here, I will say this. If Duke wins a national title this year, the podcast is over on this side. (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle it. With this tournament, I've never I've never felt so right about everything, but been wrong. so wrong about everything at the same time. My logic was right, but my picks were wrong. <laughs> is what says. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, so I guess I guess if you're looking at it, um, and and you want some hope with Duke, they are on the tough side of the bracket. Uh, we've reached a point where Kentucky has the cakewalk. Somehow Kentucky. The Kentucky fans, they cried hard. Maybe Kentucky fans did what you did, where as soon as the bracket comes out, they just fall on their knees and they're they're just praying. They're like, we'll do anything, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. You're giving us Davidson and then Arizona and then Virginia and then Cincinnati and then North Carolina and then Duke or Villanova. Like, oh my God, that there's no way we can beat all those teams. We'll do anything. Just please give us an easy draw this year and we'll... Um, because that seems to be what's what's happening in Kentucky. I mean, they're playing Davidson, Buffalo. Now they have Kansas State, and then the winner <laughs> Loyola, Nevada, to go to the Final Four, and then probably going to play like at this point Michigan or Gonzaga. It mm-hmm. seems like, but even then, uh, they're going to play Texas A&M. Yeah, they're going to play Texas. It's going to be an SEC. It's be Florida State. Yeah. Um, 
So shout out Kentucky fans. Whatever you did worked. I mean, you went from the hardest draw, by far the hardest draw in the tournament, to the by far the easiest but, the wall, draw right now. But what I say bracket. about this tournament and what I've learned so far is every single time we've gotten to a point where you think whatever has happened has led to a favorable situation. Like when Virginia went down, everyone's texting me and they're right. like, it's this side of the bracket is wide open. North Carolina right. is the best team left on this side of the bracket. All you got to do is just get there. Just get there. It's easy. Just get there. And then, and, and then you're all set up to win. And I think Kentucky is doing the thing where they're counting the chickens before they hatch. Yes. And, and they're all tweeting. They're like, it's Catlanta, baby. We're going down to Atlanta. This is what we do. Big Blue Nation. We'll see you yeah. down there. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio. We're calling in. You know, they're talking shit about us, I'm sure. You know, after no, what always Don't said, talk shit about I hope us. not. They're I hope not. not. Just know that we loved hosting that show that we one time. Uh, we love KSR. We love KSR. But I'm just saying, Kentucky's getting way too high right now. They're celebrating. They're basically already acting they like they're in the Final Four, they are, that's which dangerous. makes me nervous. But then you're Kentucky fan, so I think this is the cycle. You're like, oh man, the brackets open up. We're doing it. And then mm -hmm. you're like, oh crap, I'm counting my chickens before they hatch. Crap, I got to calm down. And then you look back at the bracket and you're like, uh, never mind. Yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> then you look down and you're like, oh, Bruce Weber's Bruce team? <laughs> we're going to oh, be Bruce great. Weber and then, and then two meme teams. <laughs> we, got, we got the old lady with Sister the Jean. <laughs> Sister Jean, when she eclipses her, her prediction. We gotta How be mad Bruce. is Sister Jean when they get to the Elite Eight? You got a team, a goddamn first rounders that got to be Bruce Weber and then an old lady with a scarf or a 5'7". Like, well, a transfer team. It's transfer yeah, a team full of transfers. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of 24-year-olds that couldn't play at other schools. Oh God! Congrats to Kentucky fans on the uh, the path. You did it. The path to it. the national championship. It'll um one team on the left side that I like, and I'm not just saying it because they beat Ohio State. Uh, I think Gonzaga. This is this is looking favorable for them. Um, I do believe in Michigan. I like Michigan. Uh, but I think if you're like a Michigan fan, you're just kind of lucky at this. You, you know, you're lucky to be here. That's not to say you don't believe in your team. It's certainly opened up for Michigan. Michigan's the the highest seed left on the left side. So if you're doing that sort of thing, you would say it's Michigan's to lose. I think anyone who's watched these games, you would probably say it's now Kentucky's to lose. And then I would argue Gonzaga's probably second. Um, because the same sort of points we made when Gonzaga beat Ohio State, which is that they beat Ohio State without really three of their best players playing well. I mean, Perkins had... Perkins almost had a double-double with points and assists. He was playing, but that's not... I mean, he 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 has more scoring within him. I I, I On the last pot, I kind of felt bad for saying that he, he wasn't great because he was he was pretty good. Uh, but Tilly didn't do much of anything mm -hmm. against Ohio State. Jonathan Williams didn't do much of anything against Ohio State. It was two guys. It was Hachimura and Norvell. Yeah, you get, so if you get all those weapons that Gonzaga has playing well together, they are terrifying, and they're good, they're good enough to win it all. And that, to me, is interesting. Also, just given last year's thing. We and, get the redemption tour And we again. have this thing again where it's like, okay, Carolina goes to the final, loses to Villanova, comes back the next year, beats Gonzaga. So then Gonzaga gets to come back the next year and beat whoever. Maybe they beat Villanova and like tie the whole I, cycle up. I think that might be the only way that I come back on this tournament. If Gonzaga... That's the only storyline that I, that I buy into where it's like this makes a little bit of sense to me. Is it the redemption tour? If we get a redemption so who, tour, what, from what, are, what are you rooting for at this point? Um, other than just like chaos, like I don't mean I don't mean I don't rooting root against for chaos. I, okay, so what do you? I don't mean rooting against either. I don't want you to answer it. I just hope Duke loses or no or anything no. like that. I'm just saying the the best way that this plays out now. Who's become your team? West Virginia, Texas A&M. Huggy Bear? No, Texas don't do Texas A&M. Yeah. That's just a, that's just a, it makes us look better. <laughs> yeah, no. If Texas A&M doesn't win the title, then I will. they have to pay that's back a, that game. They no, can't play any better it. than that's that. Just a, that's just a, okay, we lost to the, the champs, so really we got second place too. Yes, that, that's what exactly, you're doing there. Exactly, Calm down. Exactly. No, I, I, I think the best, first of all, the other side of the bracket, if we get some sort of matchup where Duke plays Villanova or Kansas plays Villanova, that's a win for everybody. 
or we, West we are Virginia. rooting for that or yeah. West Virginia. Like just that that side of, that side of the bracket is fun. I think those games will be great. Sort of what you expect. The South. I don't think there's any way to salvage the South. There's not. There's, there, really there's not. no way to salvage the South. I mean, maybe Nevada, Kentucky is a fun game just because we get That's the Martin be the Twins and the, and the Stevens. Maybe. I mean, I don't think Sister Jean going to play Kentucky will work out well. The fans will probably threaten Sister Jean. <laughs> She'll probably hear some things she hasn't heard since she was in you know middle school or something back in the 30s or 20s or whenever that was. Uh, I I just don't see a world in which the South can be salvaged. Um, Gonzaga, I would love to see Gonzaga, Michigan. Gonzaga Michigan would be a good game. That that's a fun game, but I, I don't see Michigan beating Texas A and M. Texas A and M, Florida State would be like I don't I don't think America I don't like the games that you're going to get uh, uh, America to care about. There's certainly none in the South. Kentucky at this point, I think most people just kind of just you know assume Kentucky's going to roll. So there's mm-hmm. really no point in watching those games. Um, I th- the East is fine. I mean, the East is basically chalk. Wichita State was the four, but otherwise you got one five three two up there. That's playing out like I mean Purdue doesn't have Haas. That's not the they're not going to be the Purdue team we know and love. But maybe as everyone's saying, maybe that's better. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe they spread oh. the floor now. They're going to mm-hmm. hit threes. Um, yeah. So if we get Kansas Duke, we get Villanova and and really Villanova West Virginia is going to be an awesome game. I I'm kind of pulling for West Virginia. I think I think a situation where Huggy Bear wins a national title is awesome. I think a situation where Gonzaga wins a national title is awesome. Michigan. The only reason I'm hesitant with Michigan um, is that. I don't feel like this is Michigan anywhere close to Michigan's best team in the last five, seven years or whatever. And I, I always have like a thing where like I hate it when like the best teams don't win. Like it, like the Villanova team that won the that's title. That's why we're mad about. That's why I'm upset about this tournament. That's yeah, the, that's the reason why I'm really upset. none it's of the, these teams are like the best teams that we've had yeah. in recent years for these programs, except for like Purdue, Texas Tech, some of the. Even we're looking at like the you know the ACC. There there are four ACC teams. I mean these are not yeah. even close to the four best ACC teams that are left. You know, right, that are like well, from the conference that are left in the tournament. I want right to br- you bring up a good point. I'm I'm going off on this aside. Um, there are four ACC teams left, and the great thing about this tournament, the one great thing to me about this, is that it's put to bed all of the conference arguments where people use NCAA tournament results to argue conferences because we have four of the 16 teams are from the ACC. We have four from the Big 12 as well, so mm-hmm. maybe you could argue the Big 12 is the best, but. Uh, if you're an ACC fan, you're saying we have four of the best. That means we're the best conference, but that's immediately shut down when the team that steamrolled your conference lost to a freaking 16 seed, mm-hmm. and then the team that was arguably the second best team in the conference, North Carolina, um, and if not the second best team, probably the third or fourth best team. They don't even make it to the Sweet 16. So you really, you've really got a paradox there. And you, a team that's been running zone all year because they the, can't teach man to man is still in the Sweet 16. <laughs> no, Syracuse has been running zone. Oh, for, oh that's oh, right. Yeah, Syracuse yeah. has been doing um, that. So, but, but my point with that is like, you, so you can't argue. Like, basically, the point is these these things don't teach us anything about conferences. It's, it's just all about team. matchups. Um, back to my Michigan point. I want Michigan to win the national title in the sense that it would be poetic for Louisville to have their title, the 2013 title, take it away, and then Michigan to get and a title. Michigan to get the title yeah. this year. Also, Duncan Robinson, friend of the program, mm-hmm. as we've said before, we've bragged about that. I texted with him last night, not to brag. After the uh, after was he excited? Shot. Yeah, I was like, I texted him. I was like, Hey, that was cool, man or something like that with exclamation points and he was like I know man really cool <laughs> and it was like you know it's, it's just like those sorts of conversations you sort of feel it's like a cold conversation I kind of I sort of felt like in that moment I was in the locker room like mm-hmm. with the rest of the team so just one of the guys I've kind of become a Michigan I'm like on the bandwagon now uh, you're like anti <laughs> you're like the, the dockage like going back yeah yeah I'm, go. I'm the I'm, Reverse I'm going to Ohio State to Michigan uh, so yeah Michigan would be cool but the, the one reservation I have about that is I don't think 
they're as good as like some of their past teams, but who cares? Uh, so I'd root for that. Plus, but I don't the, know. Their front court is what matters, and they're going to go against the best front court in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Which I'm saying that now. Texas A&M, you're the, you have the best front court in the tournament. What about Kansas? Can we talk ourselves into Kansas winning it and that being like a fun story? Yes. That would be a fun story, right? That'd be a great story. But I'm once again concerned because what does Kansas do? Drop We're bags. Li- oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, that Billy. Billy. Sorry, sorry. sorry Billy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, they shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> they rely on the three-point shot. Yeah. And Graham, Newman, Vic, Svee, all four of those guys, they're kind of you know wishy-washy at times. Yeah. So I'm still concerned about Kansas with that. And then if Azubuki and DeSosa have to be guys on the inside to get them points, that scares me. Yeah, yeah. And they have to play Duke. They, they probably, probably, we don't know. Nothing's, nothing's guaranteed. They, they first have to get by Clemson, who uh, played a game today. And, and listen, you and I have not talked about Auburn. Auburn has had arguably the greatest season in school history. And I only say arguably because I don't know shit about Auburn's history. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it was the greatest season in school history. Remember when Auburn lost to Richmond that time? That, yeah. That's about, that's about Charles all. Charles Barkley played yeah. there. People forget. Uh, <laughs> Auburn, Auburn had a great year. You and I were waiting for the other shoe to drop all season. We uh-huh. did not want to talk about them. Auburn fans got mad at us. They're like, when are you going to talk about Auburn? It sort of became a joke on here that we purposely ignored Auburn. Um, are you ready to talk about Auburn? Because I think I think we do owe it to those fans to kind of talk about their season. Um, we watched the game tonight. Your team sucks. <laughs> Well, they get the Tony. They get the, they get the classic Tony in the first half, forty-three to nineteen. Yeah, which is great for Brown now to give someone a Tony to keep the you know the Bennett thing going in this there tournament, go. which was nice. Yeah. Um, and then from there, there was no need to watch Auburn. I didn't even get to see Barkley's reaction. I don't think anyone even asked him about how no. because it was so embarrassing that they get blown out like this. Um, and Clemson's not even at full strength, so I don't know what's going Auburn. on with Auburn. Auburn's also not at full. People are going to be upset. Auburn's also not is at Auburn full strength. Is Auburn ever at full strength? I know exactly. Um, exactly. Auburn has a close one with Charles Charleston, and in the mm-hmm. post game presser, or the, it wasn't a presser, it was a, the interview that's the sideline walking back to the locker room. Bruce Pearl does his personable, like, I'm Bruce Pearl. Everybody loves me. Everybody yeah. forgets that I was a rat, and everybody forgets that, like, mm-hmm. I snitched on people for NCAA violations and then committed NCAA violations myself. <laughs> and and I'm dropping bags and also but I'm also a good guy because I get on TV and paint my chest um, so he's doing that move where he's like everybody loves me I'm Bruce Pearl uh, and, he, and he's like this one was for Chuck I you know Ch- Chuck I know Kenny would have roasted you if we lost so there you go Chuck you're welcome and and that, I, I could tell in that moment, I was like, Bruce Pearl doesn't want this. He's not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? You know what Coach K said? Like, he was annoyed that he had to play a first round game. That's what the the killers. He, basically, what I'm saying is Bruce Pearl had some good guy vibes after that first win, and we well, don't we don't like good guys. He had good a guys happy to win. be there vibe. Very happy. Just to be like there, like yeah. we made it the second round. We yeah. got the monkey a little bit off our back. We don't have to worry about this thing. We didn't lose to a 13 seed. Everything is fine. Yeah. So there we go. There's your Auburn talk, Auburn fans. Um, and shout out Gabe team. DeVoe. Great game from Gabe DeVoe yeah. and the Clips and Tigers. Uh, that's it. Anything else we need to hit before we wrap this up? Uh, one more thing before we get out of here. Leonard Hamilton, you talked about things coming back. Uh, Ooh. Leonard Hamilton is back on the scene. He's back on the map. He's where he needs to be. And Leonard Hamilton is uh, a man of many emotions and also no emotions. You have no <laughs> idea what he's thinking. You have no idea what he's saying to his team. You have no idea how he's feeling at any point in the game. And I think we need to appreciate this man for what he is. There's this great picture, and it's just Leonard Hamilton's face, and it's Leonard Hamilton happy, Leonard Hamilton sad, and it's just the same exact picture. That will come back. We will see that again because Florida State is back on the scene. People yep. are going to be talking about Florida State basketball again. I feel bad for last year's team that was so talented. 
that they yeah. got blown out by Xavier. That you said was the best team in the country at one I, point. I thought yeah, that they were year. in what I, what I said, right logic, wrong timing. <laughs> uh, a year later, they come back full circle, get the revenge on Xavier, and uh, I don't know. I was just super excited for yeah. Florida State because everyone had already pinned this. You're like, did you watch last year? Did you see the game last year? Yeah. How are you going to pick Florida State? And then you watch the game today. <laughs> And it's like, well, Florida State's that, a pretty good team. Terrence Mann had a great game. That might be my favorite impression you do, is the, the collective impression of everybody. Yes, of everyone. That's how everyone. I hear it in my head as they tweet uh, Leonard Hamilton, that's a story I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Leonard Hamilton going to the Final Four, winning it Let's all. do it. Let's do that one. I'll get behind that. Um, first first ever win I saw for Florida State in, in program history over a one seed. Tough loss for Xavier. Do you want to like? Should we digest the Xavier thing? Like the just the the, the vibe the around Xavier the, is that we t- we sort of talked about it on a pod we did a while ago where we sort of said it felt like this was a moment for Xavier that they were getting the program push. They have mm-hmm. moved from the A10 into the Big East. They are now a respectable program. Uh, they they get a one seed for the first time in program history. They win the Big East. They've arrived. It's mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. This is this is it. They're going to the Final Four for the first time. This has to be the year with these seniors that they had. Yeah, this is Blewett's run. Blewett and Mercura. Yeah, Mercura yep. Like it's all it's all arriving at this point, and they lose in the second round like this to Florida State, and they sort of choke it away. I mean, they're up twelve in the second half. I forget how much time was left, mm-hmm. uh, but there wasn't much. It was like twelve with ten minutes or something, which isn't. You know, it's not an insurmountable lead by any stretch of the imagination. But, but as soon still, as Savoy hit that three to get that one point lead, you yeah. can just see they just tightened up. I yeah. mean, they they felt it. Everyone, and obviously, Makura was out of the game, fouled out, which is one of their leaders. But as soon as that happened, the whole team they just they just looked shook. I just want to ask you about Chris Mack and yeah. and his Ooh. situation. The Chris Mack mystery? Are we doing them? Should we wait? Should we do it? Should we get a new mystery? Look, Should we get Kyle, Kyle's Kyle. dying? Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's, do Kyle's we need, not ready. Michael Porter is gone. We have no Michael Porter mystery. We need a new one, Kyle. Please, please let us Come have on, this. Kyle. Kyle, give us the thumbs up or thumbs down. We need to know. Kyle's giving it the thumbs up. Play we the have music. the mystery. Play the music, Kyle. And this is the Chris Mack mystery. <laughs> and this is the Chris Mack mystery. I uh, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we got to this point. We thought that Chris Mack would at least get to the Sweet 16. We thought he'd at least get to the regional, yep. right? I mean, it's the one seed in the West region. Seemed like a fair draw. You know, everyone's kind of wondering who's going to be the big dog in this bracket, on this side of the bracket. Um, and now he's out of the tournament. And now there's a little thing that came up on Twitter that I saw. I, sh- I showed it to you. Uh, Louisville fans. Mm. Um, Dave Padgett was the interim coach. He is now, you know, probably going to be relieved of his duties or relieved of the interim title, which means doesn't have a job. Uh, Louisville fans are tweeting that they want Chris Mack to pick up the phone. And they mm. want Chris Mack to come to the ACC. Mm. And they want Chris Mack to go to his first Final Four because he deserves it. He needs to get out of mm. Cincinnati, Ohio. Yep. Come on down to Kentucky. Come on down south and take these boys back to the Final Four where they belong. Chris. And Donovan Mitchell signs off on it. Chris, you can stay in Cincinnati. Yep. And you can have your Skyline Chili. Right on the river. Or you can come on down to Louisville <laughs> where we got horse racing and bourbon and hookers. Now, the choice is yours, Chris. We play in the ACC. We got four teams in the Sweet 16. Y'all got one. Y'all got Villanova. But we got four, and our best team didn't even make it. Villanova. <laughs> Villanova. I don't even know if that was even in her club. Was that a Kentucky accent? I, don't know. <laughs> I think it was. It uh, that was close enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the mystery. Chris Max is Xavier guy through and through. Xavier fans are going to kill us for even mm. 
for mm. even entertaining this thought. But, but if there was ever a time, I always pinpoint times when, when people are willing to leave a program. It's usually when yeah. they have a class of seniors that they have groomed all the way yep. from point A to point Z. And they're, and they've, they've done the whole run of the gamut. They feel tired. They feel success that they had this guys go from one to four, get them done. And you don't want to start a new. And if you're going to start a new anyway, maybe you start a new somewhere else. And maybe yeah. this is the, the last ride. I mean, Roy Williams, when he left Kansas, he was like, okay, Kirk Heinrich, Nick Collison, I'm, I'm done with these guys. I can go do something different he, now. He uh, cussed out Bonnie Bernstein, and then like five <laughs> minutes later, took the job. <laughs> he cussed out Bonnie Bernstein for asking him if he was leaving. Coach Roy, then, how do you feel about the North Carolina <laughs> Don't ask me about that God shit. Damn it. God damn it, Bonnie. <laughs> how dare you? But also, I'm taking the North Carolina job. Yes, I am taking the job. Yes. Uh, yeah, Chris Mack, Xavier guy through and through. But I actually agree with you. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I think. Uh, I just like Louisville putting it out there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did happen, it, and I know this is like a middleman stance to take. I'm playing both sides of this, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if it did for all the reasons you said. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the time is where like like if you're Chris Mack. You can convince yourself that you've reached the top at Xavier. This is the this is the best you can do, mm-hmm. and maybe this is all Xavier can provide. And Xavier, that's not a bad thing for Xavier fans. If you're, I know Cincinnati fans are like pumping their fists, they're like suck it, Xavier. You, this is the cap for you. As Cincinnati hasn't done anything in a long time either. But uh, any like that's not to degrade Xavier. It's just I mean the opportunity at Louisville is, is obviously a bet. It's obviously a better program. Uh, it's he's gonna make more money. Um, I you know. They're gonna call. That's what there we're could, gonna say. Yeah, and there could be a position where he's like, I, I mean, I love Xavier, I love Cincinnati, I love Skyline Chili, but I also would love the opportunity to actually win a national championship, and I would love Louisville, like all the money that comes with that. I mean, we we've gone over the Tom Jurich, what what he he did to Louisville Athletics, and just the money that that yeah, program he, is churning out. Look at all the buildings on campus. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot to go into. There's People a lot to make are very, happen. very invested in Louisville sports or Louisville Cardinals athletics in Louisville. And uh, yeah, that's got to be an attractive thing for Chris Max. So it's going to be interesting. The yes. mystery. We got a new mystery. Well, basically, keep your eyes peeled on that situation and see what happens with that because Chris Mack will be on TV, right? They'll have him Yeah, they'll he's have him definitely going to be on TV. And, and the more that his profile, you know, you know, rises over the next couple of weeks, the more calls he'll get. And uh, I mean, Chris Mack could be one of those things too where if we, we see Sean Miller leave Arizona. Chris Ooh, Mack Xavier might, to Arizona. We've seen it before. We've seen it before, folks. We've well, seen it before. Wouldn't be the first time. When, when Xavier fired Sean Miller... Mm-hmm. And he, then he took the job. <laughs> I should I should explain that I I, I used to troll John Rostein with that. Where I, I, I one of my favorite trolls of John Rostein is mm-hmm. when uh he talks about a coach that's doing well. I'll say, um, man, I can't believe that other program fired him. Like if it's a coach that used to coach it, like for example, if Shock is smart, started doing well at Texas, I'd be like, can you believe that VCU fired this guy? And mm-hmm. then John's like, what? That's not what happened. He let you know. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. Just to give you history lesson. So I did that with Sean Miller one time with him and he, he, he bought, it. he bit, he bit on that. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a fun time. So, uh, yeah, the Chris Mack mystery is alive and well. We have a new mystery. Fun times on one shining podcast. You got anything else before we wrap it up? I don't. I'm I don't sorry. Uh, Joel Berry, either. Theo Pinson, congratulations we don't mean to, on a we great don't, career. We don't mean to be a wet blanket on this tournament. Uh, we're excited for what's to come. I just think we just want, I just want to reiterate that like the upsets are awesome, the moments are awesome, but we just want to see some of these good games. And I think Tate and I are in agreement that when the bracket came out, we were licking our lips at Kentucky, Arizona. We wanted to see Kentucky or Arizona versus Virginia. There were all these matchups we wanted to see. I think we're going to see some in the East. 
I mean, we're destined. No matter what happens in the East, it's going to be awesome. Those two games. West to, Virginia to Villanova is going to be great. Javon Carter yeah. versus J- Jalen Brunson. Is and even be if great. it's West Virginia Tech, like the worst matchup to me would be West Virginia Texas Tech. I'm still there for that. That's going to be. I mean, we've seen it. They probably played how many times they played. They played at least twice, but I don't know if they played in the tournament. Um, we've already seen that twice at least. Uh, but I'm still. I still think that's going to be an awesome game. Um, anything that happens in the East will be cool. But yeah, just the, the way the South shook out, the way the West. I mean. Gonzaga, Michigan would be a game. Also, I don't know. I don't know. You, you guys get what we're trying to say. It's been a. It's always a fun. The tournament's always fun. It's just the refs need to get out of their way. We need to start hitting. We need to see teams start hitting shots. Yeah, let's can somebody some break shots, a two-three zone. Yeah, can somebody score against a two-three zone? And then I'm going to be back on board with this tournament. And until then, um, I don't know. I think we have hope for the Sweet Sixteen. We do. Yeah. We don't we want to be sour right now. Yeah, we don't mean to. We don't mean to. We'll make stay it optimistic. Like, yeah, we're 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 excited to see. And what now happens. I can just watch games and not care. So it's yeah, gonna be it's even fun. more fun. Yeah, it actually is kind of fun. Relieved. Yeah, this yeah. is good. I don't want to yeah. win the tournament yeah, anyway. I don't need to win. I don't need to win. It's more fun to lose. Um, yeah. So we'll be back. We're gonna do a pod uh for Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a pod Full kind of pod. previewing Blow the Sweet Sixteen. This was more of a reaction thing to what what we just saw tonight, but we're gonna do one where we're. Uh, we're we're blowing out the Sweet Sixteen, getting excited. Might might have a Chris Mack uh, mystery update. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to keep we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that. But uh, so check that out. Subscribe, review, tell your friends, do all that sort of stuff. Uh, and until then, save the crew.